Big Drive Energy Winners Circle Monday. It is colder than a well digger's ass out here in Colorado. I don't know about you, man. How is it out there in uh, in Jersey? Because I went outside to sweep my driveway today and just like sweep my shit. Like the snow is so light that I could sweep it, which is nice, better than shoveling for sure. But my nose hairs froze. Oh, I I actually weirdly enjoy that. Like I don't I don't hate the cold like other people hate the cold. I'm just built for it. So uh it is like twenty five degrees out here today, not very warm. Um but it's really like hasn't got we haven't gotten very much snow at all out here. Uh so oh do you just hit yourself? Yeah, I just fucked my knee. Oh, that you hate to see it. I did stub the shit out of my toes the other night, or it was it was just last night. We were watching the Cowboys get absolutely boat raced by the uh, the Lions, and I ran over you mean the, the Packers. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Uh, we were watching the Lions also afterwards, but yes, when the Packers picked off Dak Prescott, I like ran over to the TV and just smoked my fucking toes right on the ottoman. I was like, oh, but then I was like, fuck yeah. I I mean, everybody can appreciate the Cowboys just sucking ass year after year in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Did you see what fucking Mark Schlereth said about him? Do you say they're going to shit in their helmets come playoff time? (laughs) He said that in September. uh, And it was on... It was on like awful announcing or something, but just the idea of shitting in their helmet is there's no better way to describe what they did yesterday than shit in their helmet. Yeah. Some people say shitting down your leg, which I frequently use, but I think shitting in your helmet's even better. Well, the most most ironic part about that is, is Mark Schlereth did shit down his leg multiple times, every single football game he played in. So I think he had to, he had to reverse psychology it and say, you know, somebody shitting their helmet versus shitting down their leg because then he'd be like a hypocrite. But I don't think anybody's more qualified to talk about shitting anywhere on a football field than Mark Schlereth is. No, 100% not. Shout out Stink. Very qualified to piss and shit anywhere on the football field. So <laughs> exactly. Like, or in the locker room, you know, down his leg, whatever, pissed <laughs> on. So. Uh, but yeah, Two, the. the <laughs> I was going to say. Ahead. Two guys that did shit down their leg yesterday. Um, actually, one guy really shit down his leg, and that was Rory McIlroy. Um, and Tommy Fleetwood ended up winning the DP World Tour event in Dubai. And then, I w- would you say there was a, a shit down the leg in the PGA Tour event? I don't think there really was. No, was I some, mean... There was some god-awful golf shots in the playoff, but it wasn't yeah. really an overall shit down the leg. No, Keegan Bradley definitely could have taken more advantage. Um, ben on, we'll kind of get into it, but Ben on has never won on the PGA Tour, so you really didn't expect it from him. But uh, Keegan Bradley, you kind of expected to hit a better shot uh, in the fairway on 18 in the playoff. Uh, but they had a wind into him and off the right. So, you know, what What can you ask for? I think it ended up going into the hospitality. He did hit a pretty poor pitch shot from there. Um, ended up making par but anywho we'll get to that in a bit uh yeah so rory i would say you know that we call these winter circle mondays uh but it was more like loser circle because i think clever right i know it's very well thought out um rory so on sunday he three putted from three feet uh or inside of three feet i think it was shorter than three feet it's like the first time a tour player has done that in years i want to say if that was a correct stat uh that i read on twitter um and then he proceeds to hook one left out of bat or into the water not out of bounds um into the hazard on 18 uh and make penalty area it's 2024 fucking call it the right name dude i don't even know what penalty areas like it's like no, oh, never mind. I was gonna say I I don't even know what to call them, but I think you know where I'm going. Oh yeah, but, yeah. It's just like the pronoun that, area. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like I don't even know what the fuck those are called. Like that thing has stakes around it. That's all I know. Um, I know I I probably shouldn't go hit a ball in there. Uh, but Rory, for all of the great drives he hits throughout the week, he needed one more 
frozen rope down the middle and he uh you can definitely tell he toe hooked that like that ball was moving so hard right to left uh that you know he hit that well out on the toe uh, for those of you who don't know how like gear effect works with a club face, but Rory didn't just make like the worst swing he's made in his adult life. Um, he just hit it out on the toe and I'm sure he, it was probably trying to hook a little bit, but Rory definitely swings it inside out. So that I'm sure at the last minute he was like, save it and probably flipped it a little bit and towed it over into the water on the left. But I did see like, I saw a picture on Instagram from the DP world tour of that 18th fairway. That is a pretty daunting tee shot. Like I'm not saying he hooked it off the face of the planet from nowhere. You know, it was, he had all this room to bail out. Like there's water, right? There's water left. You really got to hit a good shot. And obviously he didn't, but uh, it's just pretty funny when um, we actually uh, had a little spat earlier last year between um, Grayson Murray and Rory McIlroy in the players meeting in which Rory told Grayson Murray to play better. Um, so one of those dudes did that yesterday and it wasn't Rory McIlroy, which is actually kind of a f funny character arc for Grayson Murray to, to come all the way back and, you know, when whatever we'll get into it, but I really do want to focus on Tommy Fleetwood too, because he played really well. He still, it feels like there's a, a separation for him between the DP world tour and the PGA tour. I don't, I've never seen it like this with a player that's so like more than qualified to win on the PGA tour, but I almost feel like it's in his head a little bit now. Um, but he can win on the DP world tour. Like it's nothing. And also kind of an all time soft moment from Rory, in my opinion. Uh, I know him and Tommy Fleetwood are boys, but it, it, he definitely did not seem like angry on 18. And maybe that's how you know Rory is just like not that passionate about it anymore because he lost that tournament and he just went over and like gave Tommy a hug and like, buddy, buddy, I just, if I was him and you know, it's hard to say, but if I was him, I think I'd be a little bit more pissed off about how that ended. Yeah. You just can tell the fire with him, especially on the DP world tour is lacking lack thereof he's just a small little spark in this cold ass wind we've got outside right now because if it's a pga tour event i feel like he's definitely a little more like i need to win these events like i need to be the one that is like standing up and and fucking backing up my own words you know having if i'm gonna fucking talk like i've been talking about the tour now he's walked a lot of that back in general with the whole ROM scenario, but um, he he's the guy that like everybody is waiting on him to win again, win another major especially, and every time that he comes into a tournament and just kind of, we'll go back to the theme of this podcast, which is apparently shitting down your leg, he finished bogey-bogey yesterday to lose by one, and he didn't even... Tommy Fleetwood, or sorry, he finished par bogey, and Tommy Fleetwood finished birdie birdie to win it outright. Like, all he had to do was par 18, and then he would have gotten into a playoff. Um, but, yeah. like you said, I do want to focus a little bit more on Tommy Fleetwood. So, his seventh career worldwide win um, on the professional, you know, like, sanctioned professional tour, all seven, obviously, um, on the DP World Tour, and his first win... That's not the Ned Bank Golf Challenge since 2018. So it's been a little bit, a little while for him. But looking at his, just in general, he is the ultimate, you know, we've talked about him going to live and we're not going to make this a live podcast, not today. Um, we usually do kind of turn into that sometimes. But he, in the US Open, he's got a couple of top fives. He got, uh, three top fives in the last since 2017 when he started playing in all the majors he's got three top fives in the u.s open a top five in the pga championship no top fives or tens in the masters and then in the open championship he's gotten top uh, top 10 three of the last five years so he's there and he's there enough in majors um but just uh, yeah, it's got to be in his head at this point, I think, with winning on the, the PGA Tour versus the DP World Tour. And, you know, the, the competition is, it's a little less 
deep on the PG or on the DP World Tour, but the the upper level of the DP World Tour, like beating a guy like Rory, I mean Francesco Molinari's up there, Torbjorn Olsen's up there, Yannick Paul, Adrian Marunk, like all these guys are top class worldwide players. Uh, and he finishes with, you know, the win at 19 under in Dubai, which by the way, that fucking golf course, uh, like just some of the pictures of it. And I know pictures can make everything look really good. Like when you look at houses online and you, then you go to one and you're like, this is the same thing as the picture. So I understand pictures make places look better, but some of the pictures of that Dubai golf course just are unbelievable. Well, dude, I mean, you, I, I think you know how much money there is over there like it is it is basically just turned into a golf playground like i actually would love to take a golf trip to dubai um other than you know how weird everything else is just strictly on like a golf from a golf standpoint it looks absolutely unbelievable and uh it's it is kind of wild because uh we don't really think of it it's almost like dubai is like europe's arizona you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like the equivalent, like that's where people go on holiday um, is what they call it over there. Uh, that's where they go, go on holiday in the winter time to get to the warmer weather. So I think it's a lot more frequented by Europeans than, you know, we realize. Um, but yeah, the, the golf course looks unbelievable. Everything looks unreal. I just don't think you can like similar to Arizona, I don't think you can step outside there any of the summer months. Um, I actually think they have like underground tunnels throughout the cities and stuff. So you don't even have to, uh, or Dubai is a city. Um, but I think they just have underground tunnels throughout the entire city. So you don't even have to go outside uh, in the summertime, which is pretty wild. But yeah, in the wintertime, it looks unbelievable. Like, and, and they have a lot of winter, not winter golf. Um, they have a lot of night golf there. They have a lot of like lit, light, lidded, lidded drive courses, lit, <laughs> lit, lit driving ranges and lighted golf courses. Holy shit, what a mouthful. Uh, but yeah, that long story short, unbelievable golf course. Uh, they play there, I think, two or three times a year um, on the DP World Tour. And every time I'm like, holy shit. And real quick. Have you seen like the pictures of Dubai like 20, 25 years ago compared to now? No, uh, uh, like a now and then. Yeah, like I'm not shitting you. It legitimately was nothing but desert. There was nothing there. And they've just built this multi-trillion dollar city like out of basically nothing. So I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been like a faster developing city in the history of the world than that place. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm watching, uh, I just pulled up one of the tweets yesterday from the DP World Tour, when, uh, the putt for Tommy Fleetwood. He actually had to make a, like a 15-footer uh, to win the event, but I was looking, scrolling through the comments because the comment section on all, most every big tweet in the world is there's always something funny in there. And this is from Stevenson Byron. His name is Byron, actually Byron. Uh Yes, at Tommy Fleetwood, fire, fire emoji. Even better that you beat the poodle. And now I can't stop thinking of Rory McIlroy as a fucking poodle, dude. With, With his, his like, hair and his fucking hair. nose and the way he looks. That is incredible. It's the first time I've... Have you ever heard that? No, I've, I've never heard of uh, anybody call Rory the poodle. I know that he does have a dog for a driver head cover. I'm not sure what dog it is, but I don't think it's a poodle. Um, so real quick too, because I'm just, I was curious, like, you know, you watch Tommy Fleetwood on TV and his game just feels solid all the way around. And it makes you wonder why he hasn't won on the PGA tour. Uh, but you, you almost feel like there has to be something missing for him to have not won. So these are his strokes gain stats last year on the PGA tour. He was fifth overall in strokes gain total, which is insane for a dude who's never won. Um, strokes gained tee to green, he's eighth. Off the tee, he's 33rd. Approach, 27th. Around the green, 10th. And putting, 14th. Like, he's in the top 35 in every category 
strokes gain wise on the PGA tour last year, and he still can't manage to win. Um, let me see what his results are real quick on the PGA tour, because uh, well, I bet if you, uh, while you're finding that, I bet if you go through every single player with X amount of PGA tour starts, I don't think you'd find, you'd find probably four or five guys with a better average strokes gained across the board in those five categories of anyone on tour. Yeah. So it's, it's like this mysterious, why can't he ever win a PGA tour event? Well, maybe so maybe it's the watch he wears while he plays. I know you hate that. Yeah. Wearing a watch while you golf just gives me big Bubba Watson vibes. Like I just automatically think you're a, a total douchebag. Um, so guess how many top three finishes he has in his PGA tour career in 127 starts top what was it again top three so second or finishes second or third without winning obviously in 127 career pga tour starts yeah let's say i'd say 25 finishing second or third okay maybe 15 dear god he's finished in the top three nine times okay so nine that's times. a lot to not win especially when you haven't won a single event and he also has 33 top tens in 127 events so he is averaging over 25 percent in the top 10 for his pga tour career i mean he's made 20 million dollars in 127 events which is probably the equivalent to like you know three four years four full years on tour um with a pretty full schedule and he's made $20 million. So I think he's doing okay. Uh, but yeah, he's just got to get that that proverbial monkey off his back. Uh, I know he's a big Ned Bank Challenge fan. They got quite a few monkeys running around down there. So maybe he needs to bring one of those monkeys from South Africa over with him uh, to play on the PGA Tour because then he'll be able to win somewhere. Oh, I like that. That's, that's some tinfoil hat theory there. Yeah, maybe he needs to play in the in this like in the middle of a safari. <laughs> uh, that you know, maybe we'll bring bring some of that to um, the United States. I don't know what's the most safari like place in the United States. Is it like the swamp of, uh, um, like like Florida, Florida, Louisiana? Is that as close as we're gonna get? Yeah, I I almost feel like, uh, um. If you combined Arizona and Florida together, uh, it would equal the safari kind of. It's more Arizona, but then it's got, you know, tr regular trees and shit and just crazy wildlife. So, yeah, there's really nothing quite like it in the world besides in Africa. Um, it's it's a lot like when they go play in South Africa, it blows my mind every time. I'm like, this is like a real place. It's not just like a made up fairy tale. It's not just a place you can only go to for a for a, like a expensive safari trip or endangered species hunt. It's an actual <laughs> like full on livable yeah. area. I can go just play golf there. I don't need to try to take down a rhino. <laughs> exactly for its valuable invaluable tusk. Yeah, no, the golf over there looks unbelievable. But that is kind of crazy to think that Tommy Fleetwood hasn't won besides the Ned Bank in over five years now. Like you just. You, you really do expect more from him. And, and we know that, uh, you know, one of the most memorable finishes of the 2023 season, he was on the wrong side of in Detroit, uh, losing in a playoff to Nick Taylor. So that's, uh, that was unfortunate for him. He could have in Canada, bud. Oh, that was a Canadian open. Might be. That was Toronto, not Detroit, Detroit, Toronto, same shit. They're actually really close to each other. Yeah, they? they're very close. Yeah, that, that kind of blew my mind when I was watching the Lions game yesterday and it was like, here's Canada and here's Michigan. Once again, geography's not my strong suit, but that fucking kind of I was going to say, we were just in Detroit like three weeks ago. You you had no idea that like, if you take the highway like southeast of Detroit, like if you go down and to the east, which is southeast fucking duh, uh, you actually go into Canada. I think, um, what's it called? It's called, uh, I, I can't remember, but yeah, I guess that town. We should have like, tried to, we should have tried to take an Uber there. See what happened. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to get rejected from Canada. That wouldn't, uh, 
that's not on my bingo card anytime soon until I can get reinstated <laughs> with, the, with our no, great Canadians up no north. Canadian open coverage for us. Um, we did get a comment from Nick Scott. We uh, Sometime this spring, summer, you guys should probably meet in the middle of your houses, i.e. St. Louis, for some golf and let me know. We would love to come. I've heard, like, I want to go, like, Lake of the Ozarks area. I know that's, like, the typical. Um, we've been to St. Louis before. We didn't get to play golf there. We were there for a summer baseball trip with our asshole uncle who fucking berated us for not helping us him clean his RV during the middle of the trip. But other than that, St. Louis was great. Um, but we would love to play some golf in the Midwest, St. Louis area. I've heard, you know, what what is the, there's in there a PGA Tour event that's there every single year? Um, no, not a once in a while. Well, they have the John Deere, which is technically like the tri-state, which is like Iowa, I think Missouri, and Illinois all it's combined. Always, it's always in Illinois, though. I know, but I'm just saying it's kind of like on the edge right there. Uh, but no, they do play a um, – they have a, a few tournaments that they uh, play out there. Well, or I'm sorry, tournaments, tournament venues like Bell Reeve is one. A uh, really nice one, like Saint. I think it's like St. Louis Country Club, or I mean, there's definitely some very good golf in the uh, St. Louis area. So, would love to do that. We still need to get out to Chicago and play some golf. Uh, we have yet to do that together. We got to play some golf in New Jersey. Uh, there's a lot of golf around us, around me, that is uh, fairly doable. So, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna try to travel as much as we can and play as much golf as possible. Yeah, that's the goal for 2024, even though right now it feels like we're never golfing again in Colorado with the current weather. The rest of our lives just n- n- always be golfing. Um, the last thing about Tommy Fleetwood, want to pull up this photo that we have here. It's on our um, it's our thumbnail for the YouTube. If you guys aren't watching us on YouTube, go check it out. Uh, YouTube.com, Big Drive Energy Golf. That's where we have every single podcast. But this trophy, man... They, everything's just bigger in Dubai. I wonder if there's a saying like that in in Europe, you know, like there is here in America for Texas. That thing's Could, about as that thing probably weighs as much as Tommy does. Yeah, I really don't understand the significance of it. Like it, it really kind of looks like they just threw a big hunk of silver on there. But knowing them, it's probably worth like two, three hundred thousand dollars. It's probably made out of fucking titanium. And I'm probably r- completely wrong on that because now, come to think of it, I think titanium's like way heavier than anything. I think it's like such a dense metal that you can pick that shit up. So uh, I'm probably wrong about that. But it, it, yeah, it's super unnecessary, and that's just how Dubai does everything. They do their buildings, their trophies, their golf courses. Uh, just everything's over the top over there. So yeah, well. Somebody getting over the top uh, was Grayson Murray, as we said. Before we talk about Grayson Murray, though, and winning the Sony Open, I want to tell you guys about our great friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. I'm still in the hot toddy mood. I'm hoping this fucking sickness goes fully away at some point. I would really enjoy that. I, I finally went to the gym today for the first time in like 17 days, so feel pretty good about myself there. I don't um, think you drank enough whiskey. I think you need more Breckenridge is the thing. Yeah, because honestly, the best I've felt uh, in the last two weeks is when you were out here and we were we went to a random bar before the Avs game here in Denver, and I had an ink, a London toddy. Like I felt bad ordering it because it's just one of those drinks that they put on the menu. They're like, this is cool. And then somebody orders it, and they're like, oh, fuck this guy. Really? Is he going to order that? I did, and... It made me feel immensely better. Like I went and sat at the Avs game for three hours, cold, in the you know in arena with fully with ice, where I'm like I can't get warm right now at all, no matter where I am. And <clears throat> I felt great for like three to four hours. And so maybe uh, I need to get more on the hot toddy rain, but I can't have any sugar right now. So I'm kind of in between, just like uh, a b- kind of a boring tea mixed with Breckenridge whiskey. I'm just going to not look at the sugar content, but Breckenridge Distillery is by far the best distillery in the entire world. I'm willing to say that. Um, If you're ever in Colorado, check out the actual distillery up in Breck. They've got great food. Uh, You can taste all of the whiskeys. I've still got the nice expensive bottle you guys bought. Um, it's, It's one of those things when you get a nice bottle of whiskey or a nice bottle of olive oil, which you've also gifted me in the past, 
you don't want to just like you want to make it special every time you use it you know i'm not just going to make a random drink on a tuesday night with that like it's got to be maybe a celebratory thing or who knows but definitely want to sip some breckenridge distillery you can get it in all 50 states including alaska and hawaii where grayson murray just won just check out www.breckenridgedistillery.com and get your hands on some of the best bourbon whiskey in the entire world also want to tell you guys about burrito express we just booked our trip down to Arizona for the waste management. The Airbnb we're staying at has a private pool. It's nice as fuck. I cannot wait to just sit my ass by the pool. We actually probably won't at all because um, it's we'll be working and playing a little golf uh, during the week. But excited to get down to Arizona for a couple of days when it's this cold out here especially and play some golf, watch the waste management, cover it. Uh, there'll be a lot of coverage from us all that week, but we will definitely be hitting up Burrito Express every morning, drive through breakfast burritos, the way to go. So make sure you're checking out Burrito Express. They have six locations around Arizona. Tempe location is great. Uh, I don't know how close we are to Tempe. I'm not, I'm pretty directionally challenged. I think we're a little North Phoenix, so I, not, I don't think we're very close to it. But Phoenix is one of those weird cities where it feels like everything is close enough, but like far away. Like, I, where we're staying could be 20 minutes from TPC, it could be 5 minutes, it could be 40 minutes, but it feels, it's all in Phoenix, so it feels like it's close enough, you know? Yeah, it's very spread out down there. Yeah, so we're going to be checking out Burrito Express while we're down there. You guys should too, if you're in Arizona for a bachelor party, playing some golf, doing whatever you're doing down there, getting away from the snow if you live in a, a cold weather state. That's what we are going to be doing here in a couple weeks for waste management, and I'm looking so forward to it. All right, let's get to Grayson Murray. Um, so pretty ballsy shot. That is actually going to be... So when we do these Winter Circle Mondays, we're going to have a shot of the week. And we have the shot of the week here. Um, it is the last one in there. So this was a shot of the week from Grayson Murray. Of course, his putt was incredible. Um, but this wedge shot here on 18, first of all... You were watching this, correct? Yes. Like, so he, I, I kind of caught the tail end of him fucking around before he hit the shot that got him to that spot. Do you know what was happening there? Because he was like dropping and taking three clubs and like doing a bunch of shit. And it looked like he was basically hosed because he had to make birdie to tie where Keegan Bradley was at. The 18th hole is a pretty birdieable par five, which great, great hole, great finishing hole for sure. Um, but what did you see what the issue was there? I'm not going to lie to you. I was flipping back and forth and I missed that shot. But I, I right when I flipped back to it, he was hitting his wedge shot. So I don't know what happened. I know that there was a few questionable drops on the uh, in the event yesterday. Um, Carl Yuan was definitely a benefit of one. Um, just a very, very weird situation where they couldn't for certain say that it was in the hospitality tent, but they gave him a drop like it was in the hospitality tent when um, I think there's a good chance it was over the the back, back of it, behind it, um, kind of in no man's land. So I don't know. He got a, a great benefit from that, but I think it was one of those funky drops and like the rules officials weren't super on top of anything like i think uh when carl un like called him over the head rules official didn't even really have an answer for him as to, as to what the answer was or what to do so it just goes to show you not everybody knows what the fuck they're talking about but uh yeah the, right when i tuned in it was grayson murray's wedge shot so uh all i saw was that he was down a shot there was uh you know keegan bradley had what 10 12 feet to win it or no, a little, maybe 15 feet. It was, uh, it was no, it was a considerable distance. I think it was 20 plus feet. They said on the, on the uh, broadcast that it would have been the longest putt he had made all week if he would have made it. Yeah, which, which is pretty wild because Keegan is a very, very good ball striker. He's been like top five in ball striking on the PGA Tour for years. Um, but he's always struggled with that putter ever since they outlawed belly putting. So uh, I, I can feel for him because I also used a belly putter back in the day and that shit was so nice. Um, but yeah, Keegs had a look to win it on 18, didn't make it. Um, and Grayson Murray just clutched up. I think it was from 
90 something yards hit it in there to uh 97 yards 97 yards so i mean you got to think like average distance for a or average proximity for a pga tour player from that distance is probably 15 to 20 feet um so given the circumstance and uh the quality of shot he hit i am pretty impressed and like but that's what he talked about he's not unfamiliar he's only won once on the pga tour and it was seven almost eight years ago like they talked about a million times on the broadcast uh but the dude is not afraid to win at all like he does not really get nervous uh he's just got that kind of aggressive mindset uh he's always kind of on he's playing golf offensively he's not playing on the the defense or protecting against anything so uh not really super surprising he stuffed that wedge in there but then made the putt too which was super clutch and then obviously you know we got to probably say the other shot of the week was his 50 some footer to uh win the win the event in the playoff yeah and it's one of those where if you've played golf you know this feeling for sure uh he was kind of behind like he did you see his tee shot on the first playoff hole it hit it was so they were showing the the view from behind the tee box and i actually want to get your opinion on this because the announcer i don't know who what his name was i don't i don't care anymore unless it's kisner at this point um not that they're bad i just it's you know you know johnny miller you know paul azinger um but other well, they're than that, both i know but that's what i'm saying you know their names like you hear their names you know who that is these other guys it's like whatever but yeah everybody else is fairly forgettable so they were describing you know you could see it from the back it was almost like trying to think of another tee shot that's like it but it's there's no room to miss left all the whole way down the left side of the 18th fairway is palm trees and they discussed how Grayson Murray's preferred shot is a cut and the guy on the broadcast said yeah he's not going to be able to cut will not work here he's going to have to try to work the ball right to left and I wanted to get your opinion on the him just going out and saying that like a, a cut or a draw works anywhere if you yeah. can properly cut it or properly draw it but do you think that i know pga tour players are top of the top of the line players but in a playoff when you're you know changing your whole career essentially for winning that one hole out of three guys which he ended up doing anyways are you f- switching your preferred ball flight to try to fit the hole are you just trying to cut it and cut it off the palm trees and hit it in the middle of the fairway? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody, no matter how good you are, no matter how many times you've been in the situation, nobody wants to go away from a ball flight that they're pretty well ingrained in. Like I, I'm in the same boat. I prefer a cut off the tee. And I would, you know, obviously there's no like direct comparison, but uh I think he's probably aiming up the left edge of the fairway. And if he hit it straight, he hit it straight. If he faded it, it it was going to be in the middle, you know, and if he overcut it, it would be up the right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be trying to work the ball the opposite way of my natural movement in that kind of spot, because even the most repeatable golf swing under that kind of pressure is very, very hard to do. So you're not going to be like, oh yeah, let me switch it up and really get creative with this one. Like nobody wants to, hit a shot that they don't feel comfortable with um in that position so i don't really blame murray but didn't he end up in the left trees if i'm not mistaken yeah he was way left i mean he was off the planet left keegan bombed one and on uh got actually a lucky bounce it was about to go into the rough which looked disastrous in general um and then he ended up and in the the second cut so that's like the my ideal spot i'm i'm a big second cut guy obviously you're never gonna necessarily make it in there but he uh they were both well in position off the tee and grayson was well out of position but going back to what i was gonna say is that's one of those things when you're playing golf like he had like a 40 footer for birdie where it's kind of like you have to make it to to stay alive at that point and he he but the pressure's not i mean the pressure's on you but you're basically looking at keegan's birdie putt and you're like okay he could make that he had a very similar one in the last you know 15 minutes ago on the same hole and then on was like super close he was like very close like 
so the pressure was almost off of Grayson Murray at that point. He's like, hit a good putt, see what happens. I don't, I don't think I'm going to move on. And the beauty of golf, you know, reared its not ugly head. Well, it's ugly head for on and Keegan, but it, he looked so far out of it. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, he's hoisting the trophy. Yeah, it definitely changes your mindset when you have 50-some feet and two other dudes are in there relatively tight. I mean, that is the crazy thing with Murray, though, is I think that uh, he just kind of plays that way all the time. Like, he's never going to, you know, not play aggressively. So it was just the kind of the perfect spot for him. And it also gives you a big advantage, I mean, obviously on and Bradley didn't take advantage of it, but they literally just put it on that green, not 15 minutes before. So it really was more like get it online because you know what it's doing. But even having the read already, I think is like a big difference because everybody was missing that putt from the direction that uh, Murray was putting from. They were all missing it on the low side. Like they thought it was going to break and it wasn't. Um, so I think he knew that ahead of time, which obviously helps. But yeah, when you got nothing to lose and you're like, you know, I have to make this. And even then it, you know, I'm probably, that's just to keep me going in this playoff. And then those two both miss. It's kind of a, and, and real realistically, Keegan Bradley missed a huge opportunity. He had a really straightforward pitch shot, plenty of green to work with. I will say the rough out there looked treacherous. And if you ever played, in uh, like that really spongy, sticky grass, you know what it's like. It's terrible uh, because you just can't really gauge. It's a constant guessing game of how the ball is going to come out of it, uh, especially around the greens because you're not really taking a huge swing. But it looks like the ball ran up the club face a little bit on him um, and just checked up. It was one of those high face spinners and just stopped, what, 20 feet short of the hole and I mean, that's a really a shot he could have gotten aggressive with. So Keegan definitely left the door open. And then on, um, he's just struggled with putting. He's Last year, he was 144th on tour in strokes gained putting. Uh, so he's definitely not the best putter in the world. And he's never won on tour before. So tough spot for him. He, I mean, he's, he's another dude that's done very well for having not won on the PGA Tour. But... Uh, it was just a perfect spot for Grayson Murray to step up and, and bang that one home. Yeah. And Grayson got kind of, uh, oddly emotional in the, he went from like, you know, he, not that he looks like a tough guy or anything like that, but he went like immediately to, um, can talking about like some of his pre past issues. And then he's like, uh, I think he said, quote, I want to, he's like, I, there's been times where I wanted to give up. Uh, or he said, "There's, I think there's been times that I've wanted to give up on golf. And then he goes, and life. And I was like, Jesus, this guy. I was like, what the fuck? From the is... top rope, holy Yeah, shit. I was like, this guy's got some serious fucking issues going on. Yeah. no, He definitely looks like the dude that you'd see, like, I, I don't want to make assumptions here, but I could see him just shit-faced, like, beating everybody up outside of the bar. Um, he's got that kind of, like, look to him. He, he looks like he's not, he looks a little strong, uh, but I think he is a lot stronger than uh, he really actually looks. So he's just kind of one of those country bumpkin strong type of dudes. But yeah, he got very emotional. Um, I mean, the broadcast talked about it over and over. Like he's out here playing golf, hitting golf shots, and they're like, alcoholism, anxiety, depression. It's like, just talk about the golf. Like, I understand you want to talk about their personal lives, but how many more times um, do you want to bring this up on the broadcast? Like everybody, it, it's similar to the NFL draft when they're like, oh, this kid got drafted 12th overall. His aunt was, you know, killed in a car accident when he was six years old. Like they just pick out like the worst possible story. They can't really find any, you know, I don't know why they, they need to constantly harp on that. But uh, yeah, he definitely got emotional and it sounds like his fiance is like really holding him accountable, but Ultimately, it sounds like not drinking has really propelled him to this success in golf. So it kind of makes me pose the question, like, if I were to quit drinking, would I be better at golf? Like, is that my key to getting out on tour? Is it just the booze? <laughs> um, I think that there's, you've got a few issues 
Uh, and that may be in the top three, I would guess. Okay. Yeah, well, and I guess, let me ask you this. It's just a hypothetical question, you know, that anybody can answer. Uh, would you give up boost for the rest of your life if you got one PJ Tour win? And I win? think there's some, I think there's some questions to be asked, like, you know, how much money are you making? What, like, just any random, you get to win the the fucking Mexico Open, but you can't ever drink a day in your life again. That'd be a tough selly afterwards, but I think it'd be worth it. I I'm gonna say yes. It's a it's an it's a resounding yes for me. See, I like Grayson Murray said that'll change your career, but not your life. Like booze makes makes life better. Like it is one of the things that brings happiness to me personally on a pretty regular basis. So giving booze up in order to win on the PJ Tour, I don't know if I would make that trade. In all honesty, like I just don't. I don't think that's feasible. Like when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be able to enjoy booze if I'm still kicking, but I'm not going to be able to enjoy my PGA tour win from 55 years ago. Like booze is forever. Golf is temporary. Success career success is temporary, but booze is forever. So okay, that's all. I well, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, what was the meme that I sent you this morning? What did that say? Uh, maybe the booze is addicted to me. Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> you never know. You Keep never it open. Know. I, it's you, always a possibility. Don't pass judgment. Um, a couple of other things I noted from the the event. So on Thursday, you know, I was watching a little Thursday afternoon golf, which is always my favorite. There's no Thursday night football anymore. Thursdays seem like a night where it's just more chill, but. Uh, they were the announcers were saying it was going to be cold on the island next week, and I looked at the weather for uh, Maui, and it was a, a crisp seventy-seven degrees. And I was looking that weather up while I turned outside and saw zero degrees behind me, so that pissed me off. Number one, right off Thursday, and then uh, I found out Ludwig Aubert and Vincent Norman are roommates. Um, I don't know. They didn't say where, but ironically, he only charges him 400. Vincent only charges Ludwig $400 a month for his place. Do you think that's going to go up steadily as Aubert starts to make a shitload of money for lack of a better term? Yeah. I mean, that's like living in a college dorm in South Dakota. Like that's fucking, you can't live hardly anywhere in America for that. I, what I would do is I would be like, hey, Ludwig, you pay me 1% of your earnings for the year in rent. You, so, you Mr. Wonderful him with a fucking, uh, a what's royalty. that called? Yeah, hit him with royalty. royalty. Yeah, hit him with the royalties. Yeah, so I, if, um, I guess if Ludwig made $3 million on tour, he'd pay him 30000 Yeah, that checks out math-wise. Um, so that's probably not even enough. But I still think it's a better deal than $400 a month. Like, especially as a PGA Tour player, that's probably ass wiping money. That's Vince Norman probably keeps the $400 next to the toilet for him when he t wakes up and takes his morning piss. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I got a text from a buddy that uh, he said, I don't know what it is, but I just don't like watching Will Zalatoris play. There's something about his twig legs and stupid face, and he had a, a rough uh, go back on the PGA Tour, which is to be expected. I mean, I, don't, I still expect this guy to be contending at majors in the next couple of years once he gets back to full health, but I texted him back, and I said, don't watch his putting stroke too much, or you will have to see a therapist. That thing that is still just as bad. Like The only thing he probably could have worked on with these back issues for the last six months was his putting stroke. And it still comes out looking like rigs or worse. It's it's just shocking to me. Yeah, like he's um, got epilepsy over the ball. I, I hate to say it, but it, it's not great all the way around. Um, there was another guy. I got to look it up, and I hate to just put him on blast like this, but I think he won um, He won the, the local PGA uh, the, the Hawaiian PGA. So he got into this event. Um, and I think, God, we're, 
let, let me pull it up here real quick. He missed the cut, finished DFL. If you're not familiar with that term, that's dead fucking last. Um, yeah, he shot 27 over for two days. Um, so he finished last by 15 shots. Oh, like, dude. Realistically, I hate to say it, but I think I could do better than that. Like, so that's an average of 85 each day. Like, I don't care where, like, I'd have to be playing a, a very, very hard course to feel like 85 is, you know, playing my best. Um, <laughs> Golfing my, my heart, ball, 85, 85. Yeah, like, I would have to be shit-faced. And even then, I probably could, uh, maybe probably not on the PGA Tour. Uh, but, yeah, 85, averaging 85 and a half over two days on the PGA Tour, Okay, here's another question. Would you rather qualify for a PGA Tour event and shoot 85-85 or never never qualify for a tour event at all? I think I'd rather qualify. I'll put myself out there. I I mean, I respect that, but there's something about the unknown. You know, like, oh, if I just could have made it out there. But then you're like, well, I did make it out there, and guess what? I shot a couple of fucking 85s. Like, yeah, that, that would hurt the ego, but it immediately go to my, it immediately go to my Twitter bio. That was like PGA tour start, uh, 2024 Sony open. Put your PGA tour.com bio link in there. Like (laughs) check out my one start, but I honestly think I would give up competitive golf. Like I, I don't play very much competitive golf, but you go and do that. And then it's just got to be the most demoralizing possible thing like what positives can you take away from that yeah other than you got a thursday friday off of work and you got to fucking go out there fucking pro shop (laughs) go out there and yeah you get you get some pro shop credit for shooting 85 85 yeah he's like can i get some merch from this shit or what (laughs) he got to hit like free pro v1 range balls for a couple days yeah i will say that you get a rented car for him yeah, who knows? I mean, when you're that low on the totem pole, you probably got like a key of soul or some shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just got to be so tough. Like that's your that's your Super Bowl as a, a sectional dude that makes it out of qualifying and you go out and you just lay the biggest egg that you possibly could. That's, uh, you know, I I don't think, you know, I, I know Grayson Murray wasn't drinking after that, but I bet that dude was drinking Friday night after those couple of rounds. Dear God, I'd be blacked out. Oh, yeah, I'd be I'd be trying to sauce it up even Saturday morning, going back into the tour, fucking get the tour breakfast, hang out with the guys a couple more days. I wonder if they let them do that or not. If they're like, hey, pull, get off the phone. Yeah, just pull Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage and just show up and hit range balls Saturday morning. And everybody's <laughs> yeah. like, what? fuck are you doing here dude he's like didn't you see the spread they got in there in the clubhouse i just had a full-blown eggs benedict i'm gonna go put it around for a little bit grab a couple of cocktails and fucking see if uh, i can drive my courtesy car into the ocean (laughs) jesus christ uh all right another segment we're gonna do every week on uh winner's circle mondays is have some tweets of the week so golf tweets from the tournament are centered around the tournament so we've got three here and once again if you're not watching on the youtube you want to see these check us out youtube big drive energy golf um let's roll the first one here so this is hilarious because it's uh the caption was great so it's uh, somebody fall just as the the drone is exiting the golf course somebody's falling down um and it says 2024 is going to be my year. And then it does, it just shows this person just eating complete shit. So that was a great one. I actually audibly laughed out loud. I don't know if they got hit by a ball or a ball was coming in their way, but seemed to clean themselves up pretty quick and get off the, uh, the golf course there. So that was, that was one of our three tweets of the week. Number two here, this one's great because this one is. <coughs> Excuse me. This one is a PGA Tour player playing in the event. Um, the name here is leaving me. Um, it is Toasty. No. Uh, so this is from what? Tosti? Yeah. Uh, uh, is it Alejandro Tosti? 
I think so. So he's sitting here, cross or crisscross applesauce next to one of the greens, waiting for his playing partners to hit their approach shots. And we've had you've had this feeling, right? You've had this like where you hit like a couple of good shots, and you're up there by the green, and your fucking playing partners are fucking around in the weeds like twenty yards back. This is this is the ultimate man power move where you're like, all right, I'm gonna go up there and take a seat. Try not to fucking hit me on your seventh shot here coming into the green. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't feel like something we should see on the PGA Tour, but uh, he looks a little like J.J. McCarthy underneath the uh, the goalpost doing a little meditation, fighting off fighting off that depression. Yeah, he's Googled it. Um, <laughs> just and then Googled this, how to uh, not get hit by a golf ball next to the green. This third tweet, so... Um, this is a great one too. So Keegan Bradley here is about to putt and Twitter is giving us some issues, but basically this showed, uh, one of the players and uh, there, this got a lot of traction because everybody's like, Rom was right. Um, but this was one of the players basically going back, um, behind Keegan Bradley and ripping a quick piss behind the tree um behind him <laughs> you can tell you can see him fucking unbuttoning his pants pulls it out and then they're like oh camera slip camera slip here we go uh pink shirt uh, <laughs> and they're like no fucking move it camera over so and it's funny because keegan's doing that fucking sightline thing and like reading it and then <laughs> that guy in the background taking a piss Oh, it was so good. I saw that and I was like, yeah, this has got to go on. This has got to be talked about on the pod. Keegan's doing aim point on the green and this dude's just got one hand on his horn behind a tree on the other side of the golf course. Like he like looks so it would be so funny if he just like looked over and saw the camera. Like what a uh, what a clip to catch on on video. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Um, so shout out to Keegan Murray or Grace, Keegan, Grayson Murray. Let's uh, roll that back. We'll cut that. Shout out to Grayson Murray and shout out to Tommy Fleetwood on their wins this week. Uh, let's get to a mulligan of the week to finish up this winner's circle Monday. Once again, mulligan of the week is a segment we do every single, we're going to do it every single Monday now, um, is a situation we'd like to have back in our lives. And I can go ahead and start. Um, I've got a fucking... A whole litany of them that I've been just writing down for myself as they happen to me. Um, and I just, of course, have to fucking find it on my phone. This is super good podcasting. You want, you want me to go? Um, no, I've got it. I've got it. Um, so I was, uh, I'm the one that feeds my kid early in the morning when it's dark and, and can't really see. Um, and so I went to the other day, he, he generally goes back to sleep. This is usually about 5am. So I sit there on this little rocking chair, I feed him. And then generally I put him back in his crib and, you know, cross my fingers in bed that he doesn't get back up for another two or three hours. And it's generally works pretty well. Um, but for some reason we hadn't closed his window all the way, his shade. And so his shade was a little bit open, which was causing some light from the street light to come into his room. And I'm like, well, you know, it's got to be as dark as possible in here. Like, I'm just praying to God that he'll fucking uh, go back to sleep and give us, like, two more hours. So the shade's open, and I, I so I fucking, got, I'm holding him, I'm waddling over to the window to fucking close the shade, and I just smoke my knee on his fucking changing table. And I about dropped myself to the ground and about dropped him on the changing table. My knee is still bruised. And I was like, was it really worth trying to shut the fucking shade for that? I'm limping back into bed like a fucking old man that just had, you know, a knee replacement. But it hurt so bad. And I, I just wish I could go back and say, you know what? Fuck that shade. We're, we're going to go back to sleep no matter what. It hurt. No, I there there's like nothing worse than running into something or stubbing your toes or that that is pretty much unrivaled pain um all of my so i actually have three all kind of wrap into one um all of mine are like food related like i was just having it out with fucking food this week so first of all uh i told everybody about my costco trip last week i thought i was fucking king of the castle bought all this meat um so i decided to portion out the chicken 
into two breasts per bag. And then I take, so I got eight breasts. So I had four bags of two breasts and I, Good math. So when, thank you. Uh, you know, when they're all like not frozen, they're pretty flexible and you know, you can move them around. Um, so I, I jam them into the door, the fucking cat like cubby in this, in the freezer door. Um, so then I go to pull some out the other night and it's all frozen and stuck in the drawer in the door of the freezer. Um, so I start freaking the fuck. Like, I don't know why I was freaking out, but I'm just like, this chicken's either going to be here forever or I need, like, I needed to get it out somehow. Um, because it had frozen and it was like, you know how the drawer is a little like narrower and then it kind of opens up underneath. Um, so it like, I jammed it in there and like the chicken froze like this. And so I couldn't pull it upward because it was, I was either going to break the, the, the little insert in the door. Um, or I was, so what I ended up doing, I didn't break the insert, but I, I had a fucking, First of all, I was kicking the door multiple times, the door of the freezer. Um, it was like banging up against the wall. I thought my neighbors, it was like 10 in the morning, but um, I thought somebody was pissed off. Uh, and then I took a butter knife and was like carving the chicken out. Like I had to let it thaw for a minute. And then I just bent the shit out of this butter knife trying to get this chicken out. And then somebody knocks on the door and I for sure thought it was one of my neighbors um call or coming over to complain about me being a fucking asshole uh but luckily it wasn't um so just an overall nightmare uh i was pouring hot water on it i i was like in this sort of like panic like i was like i don't know how i'm gonna get this fucking chicken out and i'm gonna look like the biggest idiot in the world um so i eventually got the chicken out i ended up having to scrap two of the bags because i was like ripping the top of the bags and they were still stuck like i i was just fucked and then um, I was making jalapeno poppers Friday, uh, cause we went to this little get together with some friends on Saturday to watch some football. And, um, I'm not like super familiar with hot shit cause I don't, I don't like cook with pe like hot peppers and stuff that often. Um, so I'm, I'm, I cut 20 jalapenos, like carve them out, all this. I immediately go up and touch my eyes and like, I, it felt like I got pepper sprayed my <laughs> I could like my eyes had a pulse. It hurt so fucking bad. And like right underneath my eyes were burning so bad. I went into the shower and like was just like letting it fucking hit me directly on the eyeballs with the coldest <laughs> water possible. I needed one of those like uh things that you used to have in science class when we were in high school, where you know, if you get like a chemical like an eye wash thing. I oh, was yeah. freaking I was freaking the fuck out. Actually, my girlfriend thought it'd be a good idea if she blew on my eyeballs. So she's like, and I'm like, it's just drying them out and making it worse. It was fucking, it only lasted like a half hour, but I thought it was going to be like days. I was so like worried. I honestly thought I had like permanently injured myself. Um, and then one other one, I got a, uh, a can of like avocado oil cooking spray and the cop, the, the cap, was off and then like the little spray deal was kind of like on but off like it wasn't all the way on so i it's just one of those things where you're not thinking like you're thinking about a million other things i face it directly towards my face and pull it down and it fucking just shoots right into my eyes and i'm like what the fuck are you doing dude like i've had so many issues i'm trying to eat, like eat healthier and like it it's just God's way of being like getting back at me. Like no fat ass. You're just going to be like this forever. You're, you're not meant to eat healthy food. So, uh, it's been quite the, quite the week with the food scenario. Yeah. You're, you seem to be struggling a bit in the kitchen. Maybe you need to start wearing more gloves when you're cooking as well as maybe some sun. You need to get yourself some kitchen glasses. Speaking of high like school science, you need those ones that like fucking, they got the strap behind them, pull out. Yeah. They're like the big plastic white ones or not white, obviously just plastic, clear plastic. So you can see. Yeah. But like, that, like pit vipers. I need some of those like big ass fucking glasses that cover my eyes. Cause <laughs> yeah, apparently like I, I, I would consider myself a pretty good cook, but uh, I've been going through it this last week. Luckily the only time Missy saw it was the jalapenos. But other than that, 
I've just kept everything else on the down low. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so she's not going to know this shit. She hasn't uh, looked in the freezer and seen like fucking butter knife marks all over it and ripped I, I bags frozen her, to the fucking drawer. Yeah, no, I told her about the chicken, but I was like, you don't need to know all the details. I was like, it got stuck. I got it unstuck. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's it. That's all you guys need to know for today, Monday, Winter Circle Monday. Um, I just I just received a text here from uh, a random number that says, "Hey, Sonny, we haven't seen each other in a while. Do you want to have? Do you want to go for coffee tomorrow?" Judy here. So it sounds like I'm going to coffee tomorrow with somebody named Judy. Uh, we are going to do this podcast again on Wednesday. We'll be previewing next week's event as well as talking about some other news in the golf world that kind of dropped today. Uh, could be some more more players on the way to the Live Tour. We'll talk about how true we think that's going to be. You guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy NFL playoff football tonight, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Peace. Thank you.